Hello and welcome to episode 8 from us at the Inside Forward. Me again, Kieran, and my brother Roshan. Today we've got another special guest. It's Matt. The Champions League group stages have just finished on this Wednesday evening. And there's been a bit of drama. I'll, I'll run through the groups quickly so everyone's got the latest news. We've got Bayern Munich, Bayern Munich as expected. Easy winners of the group. Atletico in second. Group B, Real Madrid have eventually topped the group after a very slow start. But they've got through top of the group and Borussia Mönchengladbach in second. Shakhtar are reduced to the Europa League and Inter Milan have finished bottom of the group, so they're out of Europe. Group C, Man City topped the group unbeaten. Porto in second, as expected. Olympiacos dropped to Europa. Group D, Liverpool's group, topped the group with a draw in the last game against Michelin. Atalanta in second with a, a winner in the last day versus Ajax. Ajax dropped into the Europa. Group E, Chelsea, winners. Sevilla second, Krasnodar go into Europa League. Group F, Dortmund topped the group unbeaten. Lazio in second with two wins and four draws. Club Bruges drop into Europa League. Paul from Zenit, who was a pot one team. I'm not sure how. Group G, Juventus with a big win on the last day at the new camp against Barcelona, 3-0. Group winners and Barcelona in second. Dynamo Kiev drop into Europa League. And Group H, PSG winners, Leipzig second and Man United after an amazing start, drop into the Europa League. Matt, I'll come over to you first, mate. How have you, uh, how's the season gone for you so far? What you, what you like? What have you liked? What have you not? Um, I think speaking, speaking purely as a neutral, I think I've liked everything. Um, there's been some wild games, wild, wild games. Um, you know, teams up and down the table. Just when you think someone's going to run a form, just when you think someone, you can start to predict where some teams are going to go, and then the next week it all goes upside down again. Um, that's been interesting. Um, being Liverpool support, obviously, as we all know, it's been enjoyable because we're top, joint top. But at the same time, it's, it's kind of concerning because there's there's a lot of teams in there. Um, I'm one of these people that I, I still think that to some extent, but I do think Liverpool and City are still the two best teams in the country. I know people are probably spitting their food out right now when I say that, but I, ju I just think they are. But I see Chelsea doing well, Tottenham, as, as dull as their football is, you can't argue that they look tough to beat. They do look tough to beat. Can I see them going 38 games? No. Um, could I see Leicester going 38 games win the title? No, but they did. So what do we know? Um, but yeah, no, I think in general it's been exciting so far. Um, it's, it's weird. It's December. Usually a league table finds its sort of, its form or its, its usual form and, and gets boring for the neutral around November, December. But it's still open. So... You know, I'm looking forward to the Christmas period. It's going to be busy, but yeah, who knows what's happening next? Yeah, it's, it's been dramatic, definitely. It's been dramatic. VAR has been uh, at the centre of a lot of conversation as usual. But like you say, yeah, the league, the league's really close. Uh, Man City are in seventh. They're six points off the top with, with a with game, game in hand. hand. Yeah, game in hand. So you got Tottenham, Liverpool, Which Chelsea, I believe Leicester, is South, South, yeah, Southampton, Man United. Man City, all separated by six points. And as you said, a game in hand. It's All the big boys are up there. They've all tasted defeat already. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, 
it's going to be a long, interesting season, and it's up for grabs. I reckon with the Champions League now over and no international break till March 21, I think we'll see that table, that league table start settling down a bit now. Um, obviously, when it kicks back in in February, I believe the Euro yeah, usually last week, yeah. Obviously, will be uh, you know Man United fans will be tuning in on a Thursday night, but us Liverpool fans will be busy on the Tuesdays and Wednesdays. But until then. It's solely Premier League focus. Um, so I think, yeah, I, I see City climbing back to where they should be. And I totally agree with you there. Liverpool and City are the two best teams. Um, the only thing I would say is obviously our boys have got quite a few injuries still to key players that aren't coming back for a little while. So you'd think that would hand City a little bit of an advantage. You've only got to look at compare the two squads to see that, you know, on, on paper, they've they've got the squad to deal with the games every three days, four days, whatever it is now at the moment. But yeah, really looking forward to the Christmas period. Um, I'd say Champions League sort of gone as as expected, more or less. Maybe maybe Inter Milan going out, bit of a shock. Uh, United, not a shock that they went out, but the position that they were in, I, I fully expected them to then go on and. Um, at least qualify from that group, but they obviously flopped in Turkey and it's come back to bite them on the arse. But yeah, f- fully focused now on the Premier League. So yeah, just you guys are talking about City and Liverpool and I made that point and a lot of people, again, like you say, will probably agree. And I just want to take it back to the, the City and Liverpool game this year. I don't know if you guys remember, game of two halves, right? The first game, everyone was just like, this is why these two teams are the best in Europe. First half of that game was just incredible. Liverpool played four attackers. City didn't know what to do for the first 15 minutes. It didn't know what hit them. Then they settled. Then they started attacking. And it was just everything you want from a football match. Pace, technique, like it was intensity. Um, and then there was, I saw the pundits in the BBC Live section. Robbie Savage again, you know, guy does me nothing. So on the live text, he says at half time, this is why these two teams are the best teams in the country. Then the second half comes, and albeit the second half is a bit of a damn squib. Not much happens. Both teams take the point, shake hands, move on. But then on the live text, Robbie Savage then says, after watching that second half, Chelsea and Tottenham will believe they're in for shout this title. So then let's fast forward four weeks or maybe a month after. Chelsea play Spurs at a bridge in one of the worst games of football I've ever seen. And to be expected, with Jose Mourinho playing away at a big team. Again, Spurs fans, don't hate me. I'm just... Jose Mourinho, I don't like the guy. I don't care who he manages. That style of football has got no part in the game in my eyes. Don't care what people think. That's just my opinion. But Robbie Savage then after that game says, it's games like this that win you the title. And I was like, hang on a minute. Damn squib at City Liverpool. You're not interested. And you've got... Damp squib at Chelsea Tottenham, tactical masterclass. So, yeah, I just thought it was a bit of hypocrisy from Savage there. He um, was all saying it was a damp squib at Liverpool City. Said that it wasn't good enough, but all of a sudden, when it's a damp squib at Chelsea Tottenham for 90 minutes, not 45, 90 minutes, then it's tactical masterclass by both managers. Just just my yeah. thoughts on that, just my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree. That that Liverpool City game was a it was a clash of the Titans. It felt like it as well. It's, you know, if you make one mistake, a goal's coming. Everything was tight. Everything was covered. Everyone's working their ass off. It was, it was a good one. But 
Yeah, the less we say about Robbie Savage, probably the better. Everyone knows what he's about. Yeah. Um, let's 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 jump onto the weekend. Let's have a look what we've got. Um, Friday night game again, eight o'clock kickoff. Leeds versus West Ham. This this is this looks tasty. This we got oh, Bielsa yeah. already naming his team on, on oh, Wednesday yeah. afternoon. <laughs> uh, yeah, Cop got injured against Chelsea, so he looks like the German centre back. Yeah, it looks like he's going to be out with knee surgery. Laurenti's replacing him. The guy's 27 years old, but Bielsa apparently reckons he needs to play some more under-23 games so he's not ready for the Prem, which is fair enough, I suppose. But uh, Leeds were well beat by Chelsea, again, playing the way they, the only way they know how. Um, but they'll, this is the sort of game they need to be picking up points if that type of football is going to, going to prevail, I suppose. West Ham, on the other hand, good start. Good start against Man United last game as well, but very poor in the second half. Antonio's ruled out still, so not good news there. A lot of pressure on Haller's shoulders, which he doesn't tend to deal with very well. Leeds win. We'll put them on the same points as West Ham. And if a West Ham win, it puts them up into fifth. Fantasy guys would be looking at Bamford. It's been a very good cheap option all, all season. Will his goals continue? What do you guys think of the game? I'll jump in. I think, I mean, every time Leeds are on, I will, any plans I've got, I'll cancel. They are worth every penny watching this season. They are superb to watch. I mean, obviously, it's easy for me to say that. I don't care about their results. I want them to stay up. and I want them to do well because, like you said, that brand of football is what everyone wants to see, unless you're weird. Um, but the way, just the way they play as a unit, and they come to Anfield the first game of the season, and I've never ever seen a team do that to us. Man City don't do that to us. Guardiola comes there and goes, right, we'll keep the ball, we won't overextend, or we get killed. And Leeds just went, no, we're going to press with six men in your half. And we were for the first half hour, we were a bit, what is going on? Um, and every game I've watched them, yes, some would say naive, but. They, are, they have such a belief in their manager and they trust him. With, you know, everything they do is fully instructed by him. Like, he, he's, he's a really captivating guy. And like you say, to, to sit there in a press conference, and I think the question to him was, will you sort of keep your cards close to your chest for West Ham? And he just went, no, and just read his team out. That, you know, and that sort of thing just breeds confidence. Players are thinking, well, he trusts us. There's no sort of tactical um, trying to get on over on the earth. Moyes here. It's just this is the team. This is how we're going to play. You know how we're going to play, and um, let's go pound for pound. And I, I think on the West Ham side of things, I think missing Antonio is big for them. I think if Antonio could stay fit, honestly, I think the guy's a freak. Um, the way he can just barge past defenders like not even there, he can actually finish. Um, there's times where he can be frustrating in front of goal, but I think a lot of strikers are like that. Um, but I've seen him do some amazing things on the football pitch. I really have. I, I think without him, it, it's just it's just not as threatening. Haller is a someone can correct. Me, I think it was 40, 45 million pounds, which is just bonkers. Um, yeah, he banged in 2025 in one season in Germany. And Germany, I think, is a strong league. I think it's comparable to the Premier League in terms of physicality. So I, I, it's just one of those transfers that's just not worked. He scored a nice goal, Sheffield United, but they're bomb. Um, a lot of defensive injuries. The one thing West Ham do offer is some serious creativity in their fullbacks. 
I think it's sort of Stanley, but Cresswell's created the most chances for West Ham this season, um, which tells you they, they like to flood the pitch. They like to get things out wide. Um, and as well, just on the fantasy side of things, Kufal, I think, is an amazing value. Kufal and Suchek. Uh, Suchek, I think, is about 4.9 million right now. Um, one of the sort of best value midfielders in the uh, in the league. But tough one to call. I think West Ham... I'm not going to say they're unlucky against Man United because they should have been freeing them up in the first half. They couldn't finish. They got punished. That's how it is. Um, don't think that's luck. Just think that's poor finishing. Um, you know, I'd have the quality. You know, I'd have the chances and they scored them. But looking at this game, I think if Antonio's fit, I'll probably lean in West Ham. Don't know why. But without Antonio, I'm going to go for a score draw two all. Yeah. No, I think you're spot on with most of the things you said there about both teams, I think. I do think Antonio is out. Rose, what do you think? Yeah, I'm, I've got this one down as a tool draw myself as well. I think, I mean, you just got to look at the two managers and you know how it's going to be played, attack v defence. But I think that Leeds will, um, will break through West Ham. I think West Ham will try and be stubborn and sort of adopt the same sort of game plan they did against Leicester early on in the season where they just were so compact and organised and seem to go forward and yeah destroy Leicester on the break. So I think they'll try and do a similar thing. But obviously they don't have the main man, Antonio. So I think, I, I think yeah, it would be a good game. But I think I can't see West Ham holding this Leeds side. Neither can I see Leeds keeping a clean sheet. So yeah, two yeah. all draw here. Yeah, I'd say probably... I don't know, that Rafina for Leeds, he looks a tasty little player, he does. And yep. with Rodrigo starting, isn't he? Um, according to that lineup that uh, the manager threw out. So at 5.7 for a forward, that's pretty cheap as well. So with a game with goals, I'd be just looking at the forward players here, to be honest. Interesting stat about Leeds is found out earlier. They have, on Friday night games in the top flight, they have played nine, lost none. Oh, wow. There you go. I'm going to go with a 2-1 victory for Leeds. I think I think they'll have too much. And with their with their forward momentum, West Ham are going to find themselves in their own half quite a lot. Let's move on to Saturday, guys. Wolverhampton versus Aston Villa. Yep, Midlands Derby. 12.30 kickoff. Wolves are currently in 10th, I believe. And Aston Villa in 12th. So very, not much to separate them, really. Let's start with some good news. Raul Jimenez being discharged from hospital and is back on the mend at home with his family. I think everyone in football wishes a full recovery and to see him scoring again. Just seems like one of those blokes everyone seems to like and everyone seems to have in their fantasy football team. But yeah, let's, let's, let's hope he gets back on the pitch. You just don't know really, do you? We've seen players retire with these sort of injuries. But onto the, onto the match. Uh, one winning four for Wolves. That win was against Arsenal. Uh, without Jimenez, they have been struggling a bit for goals. They, they, they seem to do everything else pretty well, but they're not putting in the back of the net enough for me. The loss of Jota really is hurting. Uh, Neto and Pondence are tidy little players, but they don't have a they don't have the same sort of threat. Villa, one win in five. Guess who they beat again? Arsenal. Two wins and nine games between them have both been against Arsenal. Fifth damn and Arsenal again. Um, unfortunately, last time out, 
for Villa, they should have they should have got some points, and that'd be a worry. They played well, they dominated West Ham, and and they lost. They'll they'll have to take their chances against Wolves because Wolves will be a bit more stingy at the back. Looks like Barkley's still out for this one, guys. Rose, how do you see this one going? I've got this one down as a Villa 2-1 win. I just think, as you said, Wolves, good side, but they're just a bit blunt. I mean, they've only scored 11 goals in 11 games this year. So, And now they've got the main man out. It's not looking too good. But I, I think Villa, they've got, they've got enough about them going forward and they'll want to pick up some points because from where they were, to now, they've dropped down the table a bit, albeit with a couple of games in hand. I'll be getting the Villa forward Watkins in my team for this game. I think, um, yeah, he's, he looks like he's lively. He's always looking to get on the end of things. He was unlucky in the last game they played where he was crazily ruled out offside. But, yeah, we'll, we'll see. But I'm 2-1 for Villa. Matt, what do you think, mate? Tough one to call this. Um... I've always liked Wolves as a team. I like I like how they play. Fluid team. Fluid, but still sort of, you know, um, solid at the back. And I think a lot of people think if you're solid at the back, you're quite rigid. I don't think Wolves are rigid. Um, they can play in many formations. Um, I think they were a little naive playing 4-3-3 against Liverpool last week. Um, I think Liverpool expected Villa to play, uh, Wolves, sorry, to play five. Um, and I think once Liverpool figured out 4-3-3, I think that, you know, Liverpool come to shreds really quite comfortably. But I think with Jimenez playing, I would probably lean towards Wolves in this. I, Villa, Villa are wild. They re, I mean, they smashed us up 7-2 like there was no tomorrow. Um, different teams, like you say, the only two things these two have in common is they both won at the Emirates this season. Um, but it's a tough one. It really is a tough one to call. Um, Wolves have not won three straight in the league against Villa for 60 years, which I thought was a funny stat. Um, I like Villa. Where are you going to leave play. that, mate? <laughs> mate, research, research. <laughs> I like Villa. The way they play, it's aggressive. Grealish is, you know, and tell you what, Jack Grealish, I can, I can say this on the air. I'll hold my hands up. Everyone that knows me, when Grealish came to the Premier League, I said, the kid's not good enough. Looks like a fancy five-a-side player. Looks like Harry Winks with a back heel. I wasn't sold. And then within six months of his first Premier League appearances, I was like, all right, I'll shut up. I was wrong. I think the kid's class. Which is Stanley's feet more, but bang on about the modern football standing their feet more, you know, till we're blue in the face. But in terms of the result, I think I'm going to sit on that very, very heavy fence and go... 2-2 two, two with this one as well I think I've got two two Desmonds in a row but can't call it boring as it is I'm going to all I'm going to go for a, I'm going to go for a 1-0 win for Wolves I just think they'll keep it tight enough alright next game 3 o'clock kickoff Newcastle versus West Brom a game both teams will probably be eyeing up as a, a possible three points the sort of games they need to win if they both want to stay away from the drop Newcastle being and miss this season, as expected, really. West Brom just generally been poor. Wilson back from Newcastle. Uh, last time out was was good news. Uh, when Wilson plays, I think they they, ha- they actually have a good threat. Uh, Frazier might be back. I'm not too sure. And ASM looks like he's probably going to miss out again. 
West Brom only one win from the league so far this season and only eight goals scored. It's not good enough. Um, I think they're going to struggle in Newcastle and I'm going to go with a 2-0 Newcastle win. Yeah, I don't think this game's going to be a game of much quality. I'd probably describe it as two overweight, heavyweights slogging it out. They're going to land a few blows on each other, but it's probably not going to be a good watch. And I think Newcastle, bit of home advantage, might just nick it 2-1. Um, I wouldn't, in terms of fantasy, no need to complicate it. I reckon just stick with Callum Wilson. He's cheap enough. And if Newcastle are going to score, he's going to score. But yeah, in terms of how the game's going to go, to be honest, it's hard to say because you don't, never know what you're going to get with Newcastle anyway. So yeah, just fancy them to nick it because they're at home. So 2-1 Newcastle for me. Fair enough. Matt, what you got for this one? Just like to declare up front, I've got no interesting facts about this game because it doesn't look that interesting. I'm not going to lie. Um, a lot of people might be thinking that's a bit harsh, but sorry, it's true. Don't like the way Steve Bruce plays football. The one the thing about this that makes me sort of back up what I'm about to say is training for Premier League teams is incredibly important for cohesion, tactics, fitness, everything. Newcastle have been severely disrupted by training in the last week because of the outbreak of their training ground. A few players and a few staff members. Um, I don't think Newcastle have been that impressive that season, this season, sorry. Um, I'm actually going to go rogue here. I'm, I'm going to go for a West Brom 1-0 win. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. Probably a lot tighter than, than I think, but we'll see. Matt, I, 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 like the, I like the way you've come into to this as a guest today. You've come up with some real good facts and figures. Uh, the next two games, I'm hoping you've got some nice numbers for us. Next up, 5.30 kickoff. Big, big one. Man United versus Man City. Where Ooh. do I start with this? I can't remember the last time we've had a derby, a Manchester derby, where none of them are in the top four. I generally can't remember that. He's either been Man City dominating or Man United before that. So, in, intriguing one. But I think this is a huge game for Ole. His job, his job seems like it's on the line every week. Now, now they've just got knocked out of the Champions League and dumped into the Europa. Maybe, maybe this, this could be the game that breaks the camel's back. I know, I know a lot of Man United fans have had enough of him. But... I mean, he hasn't done the he hasn't done the worst job. He's not doing great, but the last few managers have been pretty similar. Uh, a bit of team news for Man United looks like Cavani and Martial. You missed the Champions League game, probably miss that again. But I think you've got to wait for the team news on that. Uh, Man City going well. They seem to set, have seem to have settled now. Jesus is playing more regularly. Um, Aguero apparently is coming back, so. That'd be interesting. Probably won't rush him back for this one. Maybe just come off the bench or something. City have steadied the ship. They're keeping more clean sheets and they're, they're just making light work of games again, keeping possession, creating chances and putting teams to the sword. Matt, over to you. Yeah, this this one's juicy. There is, forgetting the fact it's a Manchester derby, there's so much juice going into this. Um, so looking at City this season, there's a lot of talk about how they're not at their absolute best. And I, I do think that is a, just because of the bar they set themselves. Um, people think they're easy to get at, which at some points I agree with, if you, if you have the weapons and the balls. Um, but Steve can see one goal in five games. And that one goal was against Liverpool. 
Um, United have had a decent record against City in recent years. Um, so yeah, just just basically looking at this fixture, quite frankly, I don't care who's manager of Man United. I don't care about their problems. I don't care about how many injuries they've got or how many players they've bought. I look at the Man United, I look at Man City, and there is I cannot see any reason why City don't win this game by at least two goals. I, I cannot see any other result than City winning this heavily. And people think City have not been in great form. No, they haven't. And United have got a good record in this fixture previously. Yes, they have. But City are just miles ahead of Man United. And people go, look at the table, blah, blah, blah. I don't care about the table right now. Talk to me in May. City are a better team. They just are. Um, I think I think Oli is, is doing okay. I, I don't think he's doing terrible. Um I, w- I was surprised to see him not at the Champions League. Yes, I did think it was a, a group of death, and I think they started amazingly. Um, but I, I've always been a believer in the power of the Premier League. Leipzig look like a good team, and PSG have got some weapons, but when it comes to the Champions League, I think they're a bunch of melts. Um, so I, I expect United to qualify, just have an experience. I just think the Premier League's a better league, and I think that goes a long way. I think a lot of the other European leagues are sick of us saying that, but I'm sorry, it's true. Um, but looking at, at this fixture, and I, I'm, I'm going to lay a challenge down to Pep Guardiola right now. So Aguero come off the bench tonight and he scored, right? Does that mean his 25 minutes was to get a match fitness to start? So my challenge to Pep Guardiola is please start Aguero because Aguero's record in this fixture is a joke. It is a joke. He scored, I think it's 9 in 13 in this fixture, which in a derby is decent going. Um, he all, always turns up in this game. I'd love to see him out there. Um, it just just makes for. I, I think Jesus is doing well in his in his absence, but he, he's just not Aguero. You can't replace that. I, I put Aguero in the Henri category, and I never thought in sort of two generations I'd, I'd see a guy that I'd maybe give an equal to Henri as far as a striker goes. But Aguero is special. He really is. He, his record against the big sides is just unparalleled, and his record in his fixture is impressive. Um, Looking United, obviously they can win. They've got the weapons. Um, some of their defend, defending the Champions League has been questionable. Um, Wan-Bissaka's a fine one-on-one defender. Like if you, if you try and dribble past him, it's pointless. He'll tackle you. That big inspector Gadjalek will come out. He'll tackle you. But position-wise, I think he lets himself down. Whether that's his fault or the midfielders in front of him or the defenders talking to him, don't know. But I, I think if City... Get a foot on the ball. If City are at 70%, I don't care if Man United are 120%, City win this game. So I'm, I'm actually going to go City 3-1. Yeah, convincing. Fair enough. I think I agree with you on Aguero. If uh, fantasy football managers might want to rush to get him back in, Pep's probably eyed this up. Roche, how do you see it going? Yeah, sim- similar really. Similar to Matt is what I see. I think it will be billed as a big game and, you know, one that United have a chance in, but I just don't see it. Um, I think City, have, as you said, as you touched on earlier, they've sort of set, steadied things up and they're sort of back in their groove now. And I don't see it changing on the weekend. So I I was fancying United to get a goal, um, but with if Cavani and uh, Martial are still out, then I don't, I don't think... They'll even score. Watching them the other day, 
it was a fortunate penalty they got to, you know, for one of their goals. And at times they just look very blunt with Rashford up there, and they haven't really got anything else to bring off the bench if those two are out. So I'm got, I did have a free one, but if those if those two don't score uh, play, I'm going to go for a three nil. I think City are just a class above United at the moment. I don't think there's any debate in that. And I see City just keeping keeping the ball and com- being completely dominant in this one. But yeah, for a fantasy point of view, I'm going to say Kevin De Bruyne and Sterling, the main guys when City score. That that you know, you just got to stick with the big guns here for me. Well, you got on, uh, on fantasy in this game, fantasy football in this game. I'm just going to say I don't know because Pep Guardiola is killing me, absolutely killing me. I'm like, Walker, Cancelo, Mendy, which ones are going to be, Pep? Come on. They're all good. They're getting clean sheets. They've got assists. Which ones are going to be? I think De Bruyne, yeah, like he's expensive, but I think De Bruyne is the only City player without rotation risk. Um, I, I, Sterling frustrates me because he can't finish, but he gets enough chances. He'll, he'll probably do enough to get you points, but he'll get rotated. Mahrez banged a hat-trick, might get rotated. Um, but I think for a safe bet... I like KDB. And obviously, the safe bet on the other side, I think everything for United comes with Bruno. Yes, he scores a lot of penalties, but he does influence the games. He's, he's a good player. He's got a lot of quality. Um, I do I do fancy Rashford for a goal in this fixture. Don't know why. Do not know why. But 3-1 City, I think Rashford will score first. Yeah, I think I think Rashford's Rashford's a good record in big games as well. He he he's got a nice he's got a nice shot on him, and he? he does get a lot of power, generate a lot of power from very bit little backlift. Um, he's a United but, boy um, as well. He's a United boy. This fiction means a lot yeah. to him. Um, but he always yeah. turns up because Liverpool, to be fair to him, at Old Trafford, he gives us a nightmare. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I like Rashford for a goal in this one. Okay. Uh, my prediction for this is going to be 2 0 to 2 0 to City. They're just going to blunt them, put put them to the sword. Job done. Okay. That's fairly conclusive. Probably mean we're, we're all wrong and Ole keeps his job with a 2 0 win on the counter attack, but we shall see. <laughs> Um, last game of the Saturday fixtures, uh, we see Everton host Chelsea. Another big clash, really. Really is another big clash. Everton, so good at the beginning of the season, just falling away now. Their form has gone right off right off a cliff. They've got one win in seven. Yeah, one win in seven. And draw last time out against Burnley. That's poor. The Dominic Calvert-Lewitt keeps scoring, so they got... They put themselves in good chances, but they're just not good enough at the back for me. Chelsea, I think, are the team here to talk about most. They, they've, they've improved massively. People questioned Lampard last year and said, oh, yeah, getting the Champions League was fairly easy. Uh, qualifying for the Champions League, I mean. Um, but the big boys have come in on big wages and big transfer fees, but he's, he's put them together. Um, like, you can't really say anything bad about Chelsea right now. They're playing well. They've got loads of goals in them. They've got loads of quality players and he, he, he fits them all on the pitch quite well as well. And that defence has really shored up. For me, this is a, an easy Chelsea win. 3-0 I'm going. Matt, what do you think? 3-0, wow. Um, you know what? Obviously, we got a we got the Manchester derby, you know, other decent games. But this, this game is the one that stands out for me. Uh, there's a lot of intrigue in this Um He's got some big battles on the pitch. Dominic Calvert-Lewin versus Kurt Zuma is going to be good to watch because yeah. Zuma's really, really good. I've always liked Zuma as a player. 
I used to think he makes rash decisions, but watching this season, I think he's a real assured centre-back. And the guy's a beast. And, you know, he's a fantasy football. He's going to score from a corner. He's an animal. Who's, who's going to mark that? With Van Dyke injured, who's going to mark that? So, watching Calvert-Lewin up against Zuma is going to be fun. Um, just on Everton's drop of form, I think that's credit to how good of a player Luca Digne is. Because since he's been injured, they have really struggled to create chances and they've really struggled at the back. Um, they've actually lost both their fullbacks, Digne and Coleman. Um, Coleman's not as great going forward, makes good runs, but in terms of quality, Digne's way better. But Coleman's a really good defender as well. I think losing those two fullbacks, who are quite key to the way Ancelotti plays, has been probably key to their demise. Um, but no, I, I like this fixture. Um, yeah, I, I, I do like this Chelsea team. Um, I don't like saying that, but I like the players they've got. I like the way they play. I like the way he's developing the team. I've got Timo Werner on my team. Um, I've been every week, I think, about taking him out. And then there's it, it, just something he does in a game that just makes me stick with him. Um, he's missed a lot of sitters, but he's taken some good chances. He's created so many chances. He's quick. He's dynamic. Um, looks like ZX is going to be out for fairly a couple of months. ZX out for, I think. Is that Maybe January. Not sure. Not sure, but he's definitely missing this week, ZX. So yeah, yeah, I think Havertz, Havertz is probably due to start. Um, yeah. The other player I like at Chelsea is Giroud. Like, I... I I think the guy deserves more minutes in the Premier League. I think Giroud is a class, class player and still unsure what Arsenal were thinking and letting him go. But we can sit here talking about Arsenal being poor at everything they do to a blue in the face. But I think, yeah, this, this game intrigues me. Um, I think Everton missing those two fullbacks is big. I think Chelsea have got a lot of attacking talent. Everton are our pain in their own ground. You know, 2,000 fans there could make a difference. But I think I'm going to go Chelsea 2-1. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm going, I'm going for a Chelsea win as well. Um, yeah, the drop-off in performance since they've since Everton have had players missing, especially those fullbacks, has been quite substantial. I, I just don't see... Without them keeping it tight at the back, I don't think they have a chance in this because Chelsea have been keeping that back door closed more often than not now, which is pretty impressive the way he's improved that defence. But yeah, there's Chelsea teams coming together nicely, I think. Um, but there's just quality in every position. We've spoke about it week on week, really, about how good their squad is. And yeah, I mean, Werner's a little bit frustrating for me because I keep backing him to do things. And he's in my fantasy team. And if I'm honest, I'm not really happy with his return. I think he's he gets spoken about as a world-class striker. And I don't think he's quite there for me after watching him earlier. And I think he's got that young enthusiasm. He's he's a bright spark, don't get me wrong. He's all over the place. He's creating things. But I think he's got to be a bit of a colder finisher in front of goal. You know, when you get them chances, it seems like he's still going at 100 miles per hour, but he almost needs to just freeze and just finish. It's uh, the final step, I agree. It's the final step. It, it... Yeah. But those first two thirds, you're like, wow. And it's just that final step. And it, sometimes he ends up sort of getting an assist. But, it, I mean, he could have had 12 goals already this season, easily. Yeah, yeah but first, first season in the Prem, four goals, four assists. Like, you got a, it's a decent start. And he worked, he worked his ass off down that left. Like, it's why he's still on my team. Yeah. yeah, him and Chilwell link up really well. I, I think I think he's a good player. Chilwell's class. With, that was a brilliant... With, yeah, with Giroud... Um, 
with Giroud taking maybe a bit of pressure off him, you'd probably enjoy it as well. If Giroud could get some goals. Well, so. I think I think with the type of player Werner is, where he's all over the place and he, you know, he runs those channels and stuff. I think Giroud's the perfect player for him. I don't think Tammy is. I think they're quite. They want a similar sort of service and things like that. But I think Giroud is perfect for any sort of mobile striker that wants to run off and feed on little bits and stuff like that. Because that's exactly what Werner does. You know, he's brilliant in that aspect of the game, but I think he's just got to finish his improving to be in that bracket of top top class, world class, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, I think Chelsea will have too much here. Um, I'm going for a 3-1 Chelsea win. I've got... Giroud or Werner down as the fantasy boys here. Once again, I'm back in Werner. I just think if, you know, Ziyech is out, I don't think Tammy will start now that Giroud's on fire. And obviously, Werner's got the flexibility to play anywhere in that front line, so that obviously gives him the um, starting place all the time. But yeah, I think this should be quite end-to-end, but I think Chelsea will be way too good on the day for Everton. Yeah, just just looking at Chelsea's team, it's just full of just full of good players, isn't it? And I, I think Thiago Silva's surprise surprise to me. He's uh he's settled that backline, and I think he's been good for Zuma. Matt, you were saying how good Zuma's been, and he's a lot more calmer. He looks a lot it's more chilled point. out. He, he looks a lot more point. relaxed. He gives the ball yeah. to Thiago Silva, and Thiago Silva takes care of takes care of it with his brilliant passing yeah. range. I think. Uh, I think it's. I thought it was a bad sign. I thought you can't have a, a guy that old in the Premier League, but bloody hell, he's, he's really impressed me. Yeah, I think he's sort of let Zuma just be Zuma. Um, yeah, yeah. Zuma's amazing. Though. Okay. A tasty Saturday in store this weekend. I think everyone's going to be, uh, everyone's going to be having a few drinks and enjoying the football. It's a real good, real good bit of action. AJ fight as well. End of the day. Andy Joshua. Yeah. Just, it a, just a good day of sport, isn't it? Sunday. Let's have a look at Sunday. Early kickoff: Southampton versus Sheffield United. Southampton last time out beat Brighton, uh, coming back from one 0 down with a bit of a dubious penalty given. We spoke about all that on the last podcast. But Southampton up in fifth, doing well, scoring goals but conceding a few as well. They'll uh, they'll fancy their chances against Sheffield United. That's for sure. Sheffield United. Bottom of the league, struggling still, no wins still, just the one draw, one point. It is a shocker, and I'm just going to move on quickly from this one and say it's going to be a Southampton 3-0. What do you reckon, Roche? Yeah, I've got the same down, to be honest. Uh, 3-0 dominating Southampton win. I think Sheffield United will give it a go, but once again, they won't have enough quality. And, yeah, we'll be pretty... Pretty clinical from Southampton, I reckon. And, I mean, there's only one man to focus on here. Danny Ings is back. So, stick him in your... stick, Get him back in your fantasy team. Let's not mess around with that one. Because before you know it, his name's popping up on Soccer Saturday and you're telling your mate, oh, I was going to put him in. So, let's not have that. Let's get him back in. And prob- to be honest, one of the Southampton centre-backs, you could probably do of getting one of them in. Um, they've got a goal in them and plenty of clean shoots. So... Yeah, 3-0 three, three nil, three nil Southampton there. Yeah, I I can't look, you know, I'd love to be different and rebel against that, but no, I, I hate football cliches, but I'm going to say it, second season syndrome, it's hit them hard. Um, very impressed them last year, Sheffield United, they played some different tactics, but you've got to evolve, you've got to adapt, 
And I think teams have figured out how they play. And they didn't have a good squad. They didn't have a good squad last year, but the, the way they played, you know, that crowd helped them out. And they're, you know, different tactics, I think, confused a lot of teams and, and really got them some decent results there. But now that the crowd isn't there and the tactics have been figured out, I think that's they are really, really struggling. And I'm actually going to go one better. I think it's going to be four. Ings is back. I like the way Southampton play football. Love the manager. Um, couldn't agree more with fantasy picks. Those two Southampton centre-backs are animals in, in the box. Both boxes, absolute animals. I think Sheffield United like a direct... No, when I say direct, I don't mean long ball, but they, they want to get the ball in the box quickly. They like crossing from wide. And I don't see how Sheffield United can score a goal crossing from wide with those two units um, at the back. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go four. I can't see Sheffield United scoring. Um, yeah, 4-0 for me. Fair enough. Vestergaard's been in a lot of fantasy teams I'm competing with. He seems to get his big head on everything. He's a giant, isn't he? He actually looks like a giant. But, um, okay, fairly a convincing win from, from our predictions. Ne- next match sees Crystal Palace, 11th place Crystal Palace, take on the league leaders, Tottenham. Um, bit of a London derby, this one. We are uh, Zaha back. Great result last time out. 5-1 winners. And Tottenham, great, great result for them against Arsenal. Uh, this game, I think, is going to be a bit tighter uh, than maybe the form book says and maybe the standings say. Crystal Palace have been decent. They, they, Royal Houghton teams are always keeping things tight. Tottenham got Europa League game tomorrow as well. Marina has been resting a lot of players, so I assume he's going to continue resting them for this because they want to keep their grip at the top of the league. But yeah, Tottenham, I'm going to go for a 2-1 win for Tottenham. A late penalty for Harry Kane. He's on fire as his son, but Kane will step up with the winner, I think. What do you think, Matt? How do you see it going? So, usually a fixture like this with, you know, the master and the apprentice calling Hodgson. Well, I can't call Hodgson the master. Don't win nothing, just older. But the way that their tactical styles, I think, you know, usually this is just dead. Why would he be interested? Don't wait. I'd rather watch the Formula One usually. But there's something about Palace at home to top six sides, top four sides, you know, whatever. Um, that always intrigues me. Um, it's always been a tough place to go. I, f- I think less of lesser now these days um, being a tough place to go. But yeah, the thing about this fixture always intrigues me. If I'm in a title race or you know, and, and other teams going, and I see they've got Palace away, and I'm like, oh. But um, tough to call. Zaha being back helps. Um, interesting thing about Kane and Son is. The Sky bet were doing the Kane and Son to assist each other. And I actually won that bet when it was 100 to 1 about six weeks ago. And it's paid out three times already. And I think the last weekend it was 33 to 1. So I reckon this weekend that's going to be about 10 to 1 because Sky bet can't be giving that money out. They cannot. Um, yeah, tough ones. A tight pitch, small pitch at Sellers Park. Um, so I think it'd be tough for Harry Kane to you know, drop into those deep spaces and... Um, try and occupy and sort of influence the game. But uh, Mourinho's, Mourinho's smart. Um, he'll, he'll find a way to win this game. Don't think it'll be pretty. I think it'll be intriguing, tactical. But I think Spurs win it late. Human son, 1-0. Yeah, the fans back as well at Selhurst Park. That'd be a big boost for him. Roche, how'd you see it? 
Yeah, so how do I see this? I see it as two teams. Uh, the game kicks off and neither cross the halfway line and then the referee blows full time and it's no one. <laughs> <nil. laughs> no, I see I'll, something along them lines, but obviously that's not quite going to happen. But um, I'm flicking between a 2-1 Spurs and a 2-0 Spurs. I keep thinking Zaha and I think he'll get a goal in this. But I fancy Spurs just to nick it late on set piece or a header or something and it's going to be the usual candidates Kane or Son uh, from a fantasy point of view them two as well I don't think anyone else is really doing the business for, for Spurs and them two are really doing the business but yeah not don't see this being a um, highly entertaining game full of quality I think it will just be a bit of a battle the one thing I will say about this and you make a good point Spurs do defend well they defend as a unit. The one thing, doesn't matter how well you're drilled and how we defend, the, the one thing that can beat these defences is players that run at you. And I think Zaha's overrated. He winds me up because I think he's got all the football ability. But if he's on it and he's in one of those moods, like, doesn't matter how you set up tactically, you know, two banks of four or bank of six and a bank of four. When Zaha cuts his sides of running at people, he will cause problems. He will cause problems. So if Zaha's on it, there could be a different result, but I agree with both you. I think Spurs winners. Yeah, I mean, in terms of players that can glide past and take other players out of the game so easily, Palace have got two in their pocket in Zaha. they got Eze as well, who he's capable of, you know, just gliding past that midfield and all of a sudden he can thread a ball through to Zaha or if Benteke starts, I mean, I'm not too sure he will, or Slough or something. But yeah, it's... it's uh, is it will be a tight game, but I think Spurs will edge it. I think they've they've got their confidence up, and you know Jose's getting them in the right direction. Yeah, it'd be interesting if if Hodgson goes for Benteke or Ayu. I'm not sure Benteke is best suited to go up against Eric Dyer and all the world. I don't think he'll win. I don't think he'll Benteke is best suited to be on a football pitch. To be honest with you, yeah, he's not. He's not <laughs> had the best of times since he's left Liverpool. But I think Ayu would be the better option there just to do a bit of work and let let the others run off him sort of thing. Benteke just it seems to a lot more hit a lot more missed than hit. Um but yeah, I guess yeah, I guess we all think Tottenham win that and uh remain top of the league. Next up, 430 kickoff, it is Fulham versus the Mighty Reds. Fulham sitting in 17th with two wins this season. Seven points and Liverpool obviously joint top as it stands, second on goal difference. Um, Liverpool had the luxury of resting some players in the Champions League fixture, which Klopp will be happy with. Salah played, Salah scored, so Salah just loves scoring goals. And I do not see him stopping at this game. He he's he's got the bit between his teeth this season. At the beginning of the season, I tipped him up for thirty-five goals. I just I just. I don't know why, I just thought it'd be one of those seasons of a lot of goals and he started off absolutely crazy. He's got nine goals in 11 so far and he's been uh, ever-present in my fantasy football team for three years now. No reason to drop him whatsoever. I I do like the way Fulham play. They're a good passing team. They Angiza in the middle. He breaks the play up really well. He can turn on the ball. He's strong. He's got he, and he, he keeps it simple when he needs to, and he drives forward when he sees the space. He's a he's a good little player, and Fulham will create Liverpool some Liverpool some problems. 
if Liverpool are not at it. But I do think Liverpool will win this. I'm going to go with a, a Liverpool 3, Fulham 1, Salah to continue scoring. And Mane, who hasn't scored many recently, I think he'll, I think he'll get on the score sheet as well. Roche, talk to me. Yeah, I think you've been um, reading my notes because I've got this down as a 3-1 and I've just wrote Salah next to it. So I think it will be... I think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be quite open and Fulham will play some good stuff, but Liverpool will just have too much quality for them, um, unfortunately for the Fulham fans. But yeah, I've, I think the top the top three will cause problems. I mean, Trent's back, which is a good, a, a massive bonus really for Liverpool. I think, um, you know, it's no, it's no secret that he's quite a supply line. So yeah, I think Liverpool will stroll on to a confident 3-1 victory but it should be a good watch for the neutrals as well there it'll be quite interesting as well now that Liverpool are starting to get players back I mean it was only a few games ago we could just about name a starting 11 of senior players so yeah now we're getting players back and we've I mean we've, we're missing Van Dijk we're missing Gomez for the majority of the season but we seem to have just kicked on and sort of put that aside as we should really but yeah, I think Tottenham will be thinking how you know we've have we're having our best patch ever, and we haven't shrugged them off yet. So that, I think that's quite a positive for us Liverpool fans to take at the moment. Matt, what do you think? See, so, uh, just before we get into the game, um, I think it's been quite hilarious watching some of the the pundits talk about Liverpool's demise um, last week. Sky Sports, I know they were trying to market their Sky Bet with the. Uh, Five to one price they gave Wolves and predicting Wolves to take a result Anfield. I just thought because Van Dyke's injured, everyone now thinks they can take points off this. I think it's quite funny. Um, same again with Leicester. I remember Archie on his show saying Vardy was going to Vardy was going to bang. Didn't happen. Um, but yeah, to this game, it's dangerous. It is dangerous. I think when you know a month ago I was saying that Fulham are one of the worst teams I've ever seen in the Premier League, but they they turn it around. Watch them, watch them at Leicester, and they play some decent football. They could have won that game by like four or five on a counter attack. They're slick, they're brave. So I think I think it stands to be brave in this game. Um, okay, it's easy for me to say that I want teams to attack us because then we'll pick them off and we'll batter them. But I think if Fulham dig in deep, and they, I thought they defended really well against Man City. Man City were a different team to defend against. They pass it, they build up slower. They dominate with possession. They dominate spaces. But I think Liverpool a little bit different to that, but they did defend well against City. And if, if, if think if Fulham can defend well and they counter with that bravery, they will cause problems. And I think this is a dangerous game. Everyone will expect Liverpool to score three, four. Everyone might triple Captain Salah. Not going to do that. I think Liverpool win this two one. I think it'll be dangerous. I think it'll be tight. But in the end, I think too much quality will win it for Liverpool. Um, will back Salah to score, and I'm actually. Going to go for the best in the world. Bobby Firmino to get one this weekend. We do love Bobby. We do love Bobby. Yeah, good. Good. Uh, I think I think we all are uh, quite a bit wary of Fulham here and rightfully so. Uh, back, back at home with the fans as well. All right, let's move on to the one Arsenal fans will be dreading. Arsenal 7-15 versus Burnley. Or oh, where do I start with Arsenal? Um, this is the game they have to win. If they don't win this, then I don't know. I don't know. They find themselves in 15th at the moment, Burnley in 18th. 
they I don't know what else to say, but they have to win. They um, they've been shocking in most games. They're just not creating any chances. The the strike force are not doing it themselves. Their defense is a bit all over the place. I'm still surprised David Luiz is David Luiz is there. I'm hearing a lot about Tierney. People are saying he's the best left back in Scotland. It's absolutely bewildering. He's, he's decent, but <laughs> put him in the second half of the pitch and he gets a nosebleed. Um, on the other side, Bellerin can't even take a throw on. Uh, I'm, I don't know. I really don't know. Burnley, they're not looking good either. So, oh, Arsenal need to play him off the park and they need to bloody create. Maybe they need to recall Ozil. I don't know, but I'm gonna go. For, I'm gonna go for a one-all draw. Matt, what do you think? Yeah, I think tough one here. I think Arsenal. We know they got to win. Burnley got to win as well. Um, I can see just a bit of foresight here. What I can see happening: Arsenal getting an early goal, being a bit of a struggle. Burnley getting one of those proper Sean Dyche Burnley equalisers. And we know what we're talking about. Cross comes in, hits Chris Wood in the face, bounces off Ashley Barnes in the arse, and Chris Wood volleys it in. You know, they'll equalise and then it'll be, you know, it'll be Arsenal will then just panic. But but I can see Arsenal getting a late winner in this. I, I just think they need to win this so bad. And Burnley are poor. I, I do not like Sean Dyche. I know people like him. They think he's... Like he's like the white van driver's best friend and he's Sean Dyche. I just can't stand a bloke. And the one thing I know is going to happen is when Arsenal win this game, Sean Dyche will come out and he'll do what he usually does, distract everybody and go, sorry, I've got a moan about diving again. Sean Dyche, moaning about diving. And he's got Ashley Barnes up front. Come on, Sean. Come on. Have a lem sip and chill out, mate. But back to the game, I, I think Arsenal win it. I think if we're a neutral, it's great to watch because it's just two desperate teams and one team's really desperate. We expect Burnley to be there. Um, but I just think, you know, about Sean Dyche, I think he's quite self-conscious. He always wants to tell us how little budget Burnley have got because basically he doesn't want us to know that there's another manager who could probably do a better job. Um, but yeah, I, I can see after one is 2-1. I think it'd be tight. I think Aubameyang's got to get himself on a score sheet. Um, but yeah, I think Arsenal score first. Burnley get a Burnley-style equaliser. Arsenal nick it late. I was going to say earlier in the show, when we got to United game, I was going to say this could be Ole's last game. And then I remembered that Arsenal were playing. I really do think if they don't win this, it could be, it could be goodbye for Arteta. I mean, I didn't think that until I looked at that league position and I thought, oh, wow, they're the whole way down in 15th now. I mean, I was questioning whether this is a relegation six-pointer or whether it's a bit early to bill it as that or not. I just think early. it's 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 one of those games. Arsenal turn up and they beat Burnley convincingly. Or it's one of those games, Arsenal against the physical team fall apart. It's not going to be easy to break Burnley down, that's for sure. They're going to be stubborn. They're going to play for the point. And I'm not sure Arsenal are going to get much more than the point. So I'm going to go for a one-all Arsenal, a one-all draw, sorry. And who's going to get the goals? I don't bloody know because neither team score many. <laughs> Probably Chris Wood because he's a lump. And maybe a Bama Yang for a penalty 
Um, but yeah, I, I can't see much much entertainment in this one. I think VAR could decide this one. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a prediction here. I'm gonna say a Bamiang's gonna be embarrassed in front of their fans, and he's gonna pull his socks up, and he's gonna score two. Oof. Enough to put him in your fantasy team for eleven million. No chance. <laughs> <laughs> no chance. But now nah, I think he'll get on the score sheet. Two might be a bit much, but just a better display from him is probably what the what the Arsenal fans want to see, and probably what the Arsenal team want to see. Their main man actually doing a bit of work, and the rest might actually follow. So I think Aubameyang. People saying this rubbish about he signed a contract is not interested. I don't see it that way. I think. Arsenal were a decent counter-attacking team when Arteta took over and sort of switched them around a bit. And I think Abemi is so good at breaking from that left with pace into space. I think because they've become a little more rigid, I think they're completely overbalanced. And Arteta did need to fix that defence because it was it just it was leaky, leaky in my border this morning, it literally. But he's made him a bit more rigid, but I think he's just gone too far the other way. There's not enough creativity. Do you remember Wenger, the guy they all wanted rid of? The one thing Wenger had was some decent creative midfielders. And Jesus, they're crying out for that. What I don't understand is if you buy someone like Thomas Partey, who I think is a beast. When Athletic Madrid not live at Champions League last year, that guy was everywhere. I was just like, everywhere. Um, if you buy someone, a central defensive midfielder of that ilk, why do you need to play two other quite deep line playmakers, sort of deep defensive midfielders? I feel like if you're buying Partey, you stick him in, you start Sabines, and you play some other creative players. Maybe Ozil. I think Ozil's a bad example. I, I just feel the guy just, he just, his head ain't there. But if you can play another attacking midfielder, Partey gives you that solidity. So I'm a bit confused on that purchase as to why they're still playing three defensive midfielders. I think that's where their issue is. Birmingham's getting no service. Um, it's tough to take on three players and score by yourself. Like he's not a sort of striker. He's a guy that breaks in space at pace and bangs. But yeah, I think he's struggling, and I think it's a tough game. But like I said, I still think Arsenal will just nick it, only because of how bad Burnley are. Why? Yeah. Why do you think? I mean, it's it's almost like Arteta's job is never questioned. But if this was another manager, the job would be in question. I mean, we mentioned Ole. It seems like his job's in question every other week. It seems like Arteta and even Arsenal fans are quite behind him. Um, but I watch their games and I'm not sure why. I'd understand if there was some sort of increased level of performance, uh, lots of you know positive signs, and the results just aren't quite there. Like maybe Graham Potter at Bright, uh, Birmingham, uh, sorry Brighton. But what's the situation with Arsenal? He's not really a club legend, even though they may call him one. I think with Arsenal, Man United here, I think Arsenal fans have hit a little bit of realism, and I think Man United haven't got there yet. So I think when Arsenal fans see how they're playing, I don't think they're expecting much more. Yes, they're angry and they're pissed off. We all love watching Arsenal fan TV because it's hilarious. But I think generally there is a little bit of realism that's set in the last couple of years. This is tough to get back to what they want to get back to. And I think with United fans, they haven't quite got to that realism yet. So that's why I think Oli's getting a little bit more stick. That's just my opinion. But I think Arteta is doing what he can. I think... They need to be a lot better than 15th or wherever they are on the table right now. But I think realism in, in, in the fan base is probably why Arteta's not under as much supposed pressure. But I agree, you can't be 15th. It's not good enough. 
Yeah, 15th, and they've spent money recently. It's not like they've spent money, you know. Yeah, Um, yeah, I think it'll be interesting. I don't see it going under the radar for much longer, but yeah, we'll see. All right, enough of the Arsenal, guys. Let's get on to the last fixture of the weekend. A very interesting weekend, I must say, and it might shape up the league. Leicester versus Brighton. Leicester sitting in fourth right now. Winners last time out of a late win against Sheffield United. They're dominating a lot of the ball. They're not creating too many chances, uh, which is a bit strange for a Leicester team. Maybe teams have teams have kind of figured them out a bit. But Ayose Perez coming in last week was was good for them. Uh, I think they need to make yeah freeing up Madison. I think is I think is vital. He needs he needs a he needs a bit of space to operate. When when someone's on him, he does struggle physically because he's only a small lad, and he has. He's never seemed to beef up. He seems to get pushed off the ball quite easily. And only when he gets his head up does he become effective. But, and as we said on this show for many weeks, Brighton Brighton play good stuff. Graham Potter gets them working. They do create create good chances. They probably should score more goals than they do. But you look at the... You look at the quality in the squad and it is lacking a bit. Malpe does seem like a bit of a pantomime villain. He's giving penalties away. He's missing penalties. But then he's scoring blinders and taking people on for fun. So he's a bit of a pantomime villain. But uh, Leicester at home, I think that will edge it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for another 2-1 win for Leicester. Roshan, I'll get, I'll get your opinions first. Yeah, so I was I was looking at this one. I was thinking Leicester home to Brighton. You know, they'll be the bookies' favourites, and you know you'd probably think uh, Leicester will win, will nick this one. But I, I've been watching Brighton now. I've caught quite a few of their games, to be fair. I'm not sure why, but I have. And I think they'll they could dominate this game. I don't think Leicester have been playing very well recently. However. Brighton's finishing lets them down and it's just not good enough. Their chance creation is decent. You know, they move the ball really well. But if you don't finish, you don't win. So for that reason, I'm going to go for a one-all draw. But yeah, I just think if Brighton put away their chances, they could be sort of mid-table. But unfortunately, they're not. They're down the bottom. So... From a fantasy point of view, I think it's going to be that guy, Welbs, if it, if Brighton get a goal. Um, and probably, to be honest, Vardy, for, if Leicester do. Yeah, fair, fair. Matt, how do you see the last game of the weekend going? Tasty. I like this one. I like this one a lot. I really do. Um, love the way Brighton play. Um, the way they, they're just, just fluid. Play nice football. Um, I'm not, again, I'm not going to say they're unlucky. Because they can't, boy, they can't finish. Jesus, they cannot finish. So many times I've watched them this season, they've been awesome in these games for like 70 minutes. They can't finish. It's unfortunate, it's part of the game. You can't say it's unlucky. They've been stiff by VAR a couple of times, but they got lucky against Liverpool. So it just, they just need to learn to finish. They play great football. Um, so they are where they deserve to be. Until they learn to finish, they'll stay there. Um, Leicester, Leicester a strange one. I think this always happens to Rodgers after a couple of years. He's he's so adept at finding systems that use pace well. Um, 
Leicester are such a quick team. Like fullbacks, the, the central midfielders are quick, the wingers are quick. Vardy's rapid. Um, but this is a game where they often struggle. Beat a home by West Ham, beat a home by Fulham. So the only reason why this might be a little different, I think Brighton will be a little bit more on the front foot, which will suit Leicester. Um, but I don't know. Tough one to call for a result. Really is a tough one. But I'm actually, I, I might lean for Brighton 2 1 here. I think they might get a shooting boots on and nick this one. Um, just because Leicester's record in these games, it's kind of stupid of me because I've currently got Vardy as my captain in fantasy. So I might change that. But um, I think Vardy will score. That's what he does. But no, I think Brighton will get the shooting boots. I think they might nick this one. Fair enough. I think it's a tighter game than the league table would suggest. But ending with you ended with fantasy there. Let's uh, end up with fantasy football captains this week, guys. Matt, I'll start with you. Since you're changing from Vardy, who are you going to? Ooh, um, I think I'm going to go Salah. Trust Salah. him. Who, who, who else you got up front, by the way? I've got Werner and Calvert Lewin. Oh, that's strong. I, I, that is strong. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't like them two as, cap, as captains. I like them to get me my five, six, seven points, but Salah and um, usually Vardy are good for a goal and assist, especially Salah. Um, and I think when Liverpool play tight games, and I think this will be a tight game away at Fulham. I do think that people might think I'm mad, but I just got a feeling it won't be easy. It's Salah's usually the one that brings the goods, so. I'm going to go with Salah. Um, now I've said that, I'm sure Vardy's score trick, but yeah, go with Salah. Roshan, who you got as captain this week? What you got? I'm going to go for Danny, Danny Ings. I think he's back and home against Sheffield United. What more do you want as a striker? So I think he'll be looking to add to his tally there to keep him in contention for the top goal scorer spot come the end of the year. Matt, I'm going to have to agree with you, mate. I don't often change my captain choice. I am going with the try and tested, and Mohamed Salah is my captain for this week. Matt, it's been a pleasure, mate. Um, I'm going to wrap this show up now, but it's been yeah, it's been good having you on. You had good. some real good, good insight, some good stats, some good facts. Yeah, it's been another fun show. Good to have you on, Matt. Um, I'm sure we'll see you again. But yeah, let's. Uh, I feel like it's almost Christmas time now, so let's enjoy the the lead up to Christmas. Um, with another weekend of good football. Yeah, don't forget, guys, there's, there's a Premier League action next week in the midweek as well with a potential table-topping clash in Liverpool versus Tottenham. We'll uh, try and get a podcast out for you before that. But that's all from us at the Inside Forward. Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to check out the website, insideforward.co.uk, and check us out on the social medias. See you later, guys.